in carcass, we pick over the bones of the week that was and wasn't in terms of culture meeting politics, uh, arts and culture policy on the campaign trail hustings. And yes, the title is an irreverent take on Caucus, which is an election special podcast helmed by four outstanding and probably far more sensible broadcasters here that you can hear via podcast or at 6pm on Sundays. So here today, I am once again joined by Jason Political Cuts Muir and Jane Young. Young is a theatre director and arts advocate with Regional Arts Trust Te Tomatoa Toi Aiwi in Tamaki Makoto, and Jason wrangles vacant and public space for artists with the agency Urban Dream Brokerage as well as giving civil servants and politicians haircuts at the beehive end of town. Kia ora, kōrua. Kia ora. Kia ora. Jane, that was Jack Buchanan's two ticks. That was your choice. Yes. Explain. Well, Jack Buchanan does happen to be an artistic colleague of mine. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a bit of that in there. He locked down family boogie. People might remember remember that voice from. That's a swell voice and you can also hear it on uh, his band Cheap Sav who've just released their first EP and his solo EP Goblin Problem will be coming out at the end of September and he also works with independent theatre company A Slightly Isolated Dog. This is not a plug. Maybe it is. Um, This is art. (laughs) News. This is good arts news um, coming across on Carcass. Um, uh, So the song itself, um, in 2020, it was commissioned by the Electoral Commission via ReNews, who got Jack in to build this educational pop song. And I particularly like it because it is super informative, because MMP can be a bit elusive. Um, And also I like it because it gives me real talking heads vibes, particularly if you check out the video. And I feel like there are many talking head songs that can be applicable in this election slash government context, like Burning Down the House, (laughs) Slippery People, Road to Nowhere, Psycho Killer. Is that too far? I don't know. (laughs) Well, we've just had this week, I think it's this week in Toronto, um, they've they've released the the, 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 the new version of Stop Making Sense. I think the the flashed up version has just come out. So very topical. Thank you, Jane. Now I'm going to turn us to election creative campaigning. And uh, I'll turn our listeners and yourselves to the the Radio New Zealand National Culture 101 Carcass webpage and you'll find there some spectacular examples of some rather creative additions to billboards that have gone up around the Motu since we last spoke. And we're also welcoming our listeners' contributions to Culture 101 at rnz.co.nz. Jason. Would you like to pick one and describe it for us, please? Yeah, sure, Mark. Uh, yeah, well, I couldn't go past the um, take that we found of Mickey Tatiki, the old uh, Dick Frizzell um, <laughs> print that's well known. And uh, I'm going to get myself into trouble on public radio describing this one. But <laughs> Go on, go on, give it a go. Essentially, instead of Mickey Tatiki, it's John Key through to Christopher Lux in a transition done graphically. But it's fair to say that the um, the members' members um, are quite prominent. Uh, I do note that, um, you know, maybe Luxon's a bit the same upstairs as downstairs in this illustration. Um, and I'll leave people's imagination to that. I do just want to use that to comment. Um, I think it's interesting that we find these highly illustrative um, um, takes on the billboards coming from the left. And yeah. the ones that I've seen coming from the other side have probably been less imaginative and maybe erring towards a little bit more abusive. I don't know if anybody's got any um, takes mm. on that. Well, that's an interesting thing. I just want to do a shout out for the artist. That's Sam Sharp from um, Autoporti in Dunedin. Uh, and we've got a couple of other examples of his work uh, on the site. There's his proper Chris 
um, <laughs> the two yeah. the two versions of the of the chip packets, uh, which is quite something. The dill pickle, um, stale, pale, male, compostable. Oh, oh God, it. I don't know. I love a uh, visual the, pun. Oh, quite something. Uh, Jane, what about you? Um, my pick this week is the Act Party billboard that has been artworked to become a poster for the Barbie movie with David Seymour as Ken. I really like this because I first mistook um, David Seymour for Ryan Gosling and just went down this <laughs> massive well of like, can you imagine David Seymour in the notebook with Rachel McAdams? And then I started thinking about Dancing with the Stars and I was like, maybe I can, maybe Dancing in the Stars and The Notebook as a mashup and David Seymour and this is just genius. But back to the billboard, the artist says they're not making a political statement, so I guess they're no Tauranga Banksy, but everything is political and if Seymour is Ken, who is his Barbie? Mm. Who is running the show, guys? Good question. Well, speaking of that, the, the, we've got another one that's come from Charleston on the West Coast, uh, which is a little bit more subtle, and, and maybe we, we can answer your question because uh, the deputy leader of the National Party is there with, with, the, with the leader, uh, and they, uh, uh, there's been a lovely, what they call the subtle S-gang have come in. So the sign reads, get our country back on tracks. I rather like that. <laughs> Just the subtle ones, eh, Mark? Yeah. You never know. Well, back, well, back on the back on the culture side of things, one of the big cultural events at Radio New Zealand this week, I thought, was uh, Charlotte Cook's Grilled Web Series, mm. where she has uh, invited all of the leaders of the different parties into the kitchen and got them to cook something for her. Um, I think Chris uh, Hipkins uh, did the family lasagna. The Greens came up with a broccoli pasta and salad, and um, David Seymour came up with sort of meat wrapped in meat, chicken wrapped in bacon. Any comment from our panellists? I wondered if um, David Seymour's uh, was a shout to the farming industry, and particularly meat production. Maybe it was a nod yeah. to, um, you know, he was looking at boosting that side of our trade, um, potentially. That's pretty good. I, I actually just finished watching The Bear so I find like kitchens quite quite stressful, <laughs> and it was full on. It was it was quite full on, to be honest. Um, Christopher Luxon making that omelette. There was just it was just very stressful. There were so many things. Like I was like, chef, look at your pan. There was there's and Charlotte. Charlotte was clearly quite stressed too. And then David making the raw chicken, reaching for the salt and pepper. She was like opening the containers for him, and I was like, I, I can't even listen. This is really intense. But I was thinking about. The idea of cooking show, and they're thinking about that last leaders debate and how they're now using that long bench instead of the the podiums. Oh. And I was like, what if they did like a ready, steady cook kind of oh, vibe yes. as yeah, well yeah. as the leaders debate? I think it might spice things up. We could have uh, some proper crisps in there for the Chris's. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Oh, well, I learned more, I think, about Chris Hipkins with him making lasagna than I did in any leaders debate. Actually, I thought that was really interesting. And and the other thing I loved was. That you know, um, Charlotte Cook asked them how much their meals cost. Mm. I mean, you know, imagine if you had a Nigella Lawson show where at the end she told you what the the price tag was at the supermarket to actually make it. And then the Greens, when it was interesting, they made a broccoli pasta, broccoli pasta and salad, and it was above the average family income. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. It's a, it's kind of fascinating to watch um, politicians. I think the thing I loved about the grilled was anything that's irreverent that puts politicians. Well, basically forces them to be more human was the thing that I really loved about that there. 
Um, you know, I remember last election or the one before, Steve Braunius did ping pong with the leaders. Um, <laughs> you know, I probably could even shout out to a bit of my own political cuts with that kind of thing. But it, it really shows that kind of human side of who they are or unveils it a little bit. I did. I was interested in the tensions between James and Marama, uh, James and Marama, when they were both asked to um, diss each other, basically. Oh, they just wouldn't, would they? <laughs> no, wouldn't go there. absolutely way not. Way too nice. Way too nice. <laughs> Jane, what did you think of Luxon's dancing? I thought it was very upbeat. Um, again, still not looking at the omelette, but, you know, really interesting <laughs> that he's a fan of Taylor Swift. I was really yes. happy about that. I was really the, happy about And the that. killers? Yes, absolutely. Definitely. And then he started talking, rhapsodising about, you know, when he was in New Zealand, he was decking out the planes as dragons during the Lord <laughs> of the Rings days. I thought, oh, yeah. this, this man, God, he's a cultural titan compared to the others, perhaps. <laughs> well, just like the idea of hosting and thinking about going over. I, I like the cooking thing because it feels like you're being hosted by them and going over to their place for dinner. Um, much like that 2005 Herald article about Winston Peters cooking up some food, some kaimoana, and just thinking about, like, maybe we learn more about politicians when we understand more about how they want to do acts of service for other people. Oh, that's really nice. I like that, Jim. Well, Well, speaking speaking of these things, um, Toby Manhire on the spin-off um, this week, um, this connects quite nicely to the lasagna. Uh, there was a bit of a world exclusive that Chris Hipkins has indeed read a book. <laughs> uh, when he was really pushed, it came out that he says that he tends to read a lot of trashy novels um, and said that he really likes the Dan Brown series, like the Da Vinci Code and so forth. I was really, I guess, dis- I've been rather dismayed with our politicians, you know, that they can't even read the latest Catherine Chidgey or, or, you know, they can't even read Burnham Wood by Eleanor Catton. He's great. Why, why are we doing so badly at actually letting our politicians in on just the creative joys of our country? That's really tricky because, like, to defend the politicians, like, they are on campaign trail and they are really busy. But at the same time, even just kind of sneakily knowing the names or the titles, like, just doing a kind of, like, wiki kind of search on what the books are about or who our champions are for the arts, because they are our champions, um, you know, would go a long way. I I agree with that, Jane. There was something I brought up last time I was on the show was, who are who are our um, political champions for the arts at the moment? And I do feel like that really is lacking. And and some of that comment that you highlighted, Mark, I think um, highlighted that situation really. Well, as for literary uh, literary uh, influences, I, I think we, we're going to take a little break here to to uh, to go to Winston Peters, the man who's who's uh, vowed to bring us back to the Western canon and the foundations of our great country. He tells us. Um, I'd really like to get your comment on this. This is from the New Zealand First YouTube channel. Uh, this is uh, really worth checking out, but we're going to we're going to play it in its entirety. Here is Winston Peters with his rendition of Rudyard Kipling's "If." If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all those doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise, if you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster, and treat those two impostors just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, 
or watch the things you've given your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all people count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is New Zealand and everything that's in it, and which is more, will all be Kiwis, everyone. Oh my goodness, did you hear what he did there? He just twisted the words of Rudyard Kipling. Um, well, we, we, we promised people a live performance poetry show on Culture 101 today, and there's Winston's as well. Jane, have you got any thoughts there on the beehive bad boy, as he gets called on TikTok? I just feel like this is all just ripe for a really good arts and culture strategy. Like, the rousing music, the applause, everything like that. It just points towards Winston's love of arts and culture and the need for arts and culture strategy. But also, quite interestingly... Kipling Kipling is an interesting choice, considering the man was labelled a colonialist, a racist, a misogynist, and <laughs> a right-wing imperialist. And so it's okay, that's an int- it's quite interesting to be associated with these kinds of images. Um, also interested in the image oh, the, the TikTok video of Winston jumping on a horse and saying, this is not our first rodeo. Um, so we've got a Kipling and we've also got this kind of cowboy. And so it, I was like, is, is this a reclaiming of a particular generation's collective imagination? Um, and then by doing so, using the power of art to foster togetherness and community? Um, or like, and, and I want to know, is it just self, super self-aware? Um, is it just super meme culture it's and if it is it's that's yeah. so 2023 like we mm. can't tell if it's serious or not it's kind of genius jane young jason muir we're going to come back and return with you in two weeks time when hopefully we've got some arts and culture <laughs> policy that's been revealed to discuss it's been wonderful having you here on carcass here on culture 101 um may the poets uh, keep on uh, putting out videos is all i can say out there from the political parties thanks for joining us